you could call it Father Ray's Advent Equation. More about that in a minute. Advent, my brothers and sisters, is supposed to be about preparation. It's supposed to be about preparing to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on Christmas Day. And even beyond that, it's supposed to be about preparing ourselves to meet the Lord face to face when he comes for us at the end of the world or at the end of our earthly lives, whichever comes first. But for many, many people, Advent is about something different. Advent, for many, is almost exclusively about celebration. The kind of celebration that should be reserved primarily for Christmas and for the Christmas season. You know, in the world, Christmas is over December 25th. For the church, Christmas begins. <laughs> December 25th, and we celebrate it for a number of days afterward, really until mid-January. Now, I'm not saying here that we shouldn't go to any Christmas parties or do any celebrating whatsoever before the 25th of December. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that our primary focus during these four weeks of Advent should be on preparation, on preparing ourselves spiritually for the Lord's coming. Everything else should be secondary, and that includes partying and baking and, dare I say it, shopping. In this regard, Archbishop Fulton Sheen used to say that there are two philosophies of life. The first is the Christian one, and Sheen had a great way of expressing things in short, pithy sayings. And he did that in this regard. He expressed the Christian philosophy of life in the following way. The fast and then the feast. Applying that now to this time of the year. For Christians like us, Advent should be a time to fast. In other words, a time to discipline ourselves and prepare ourselves spiritually. So that we can truly feast and rejoice on Christmas Day and throughout the Christmas season. But unfortunately, many professed Christians approach these four weeks of the year with what Bishop Sheen would call the worldly philosophy of life. And he had a great way of expressing that one. He said the Christian philosophy is the fast, then the feast, whereas the worldly philosophy of life is the feast, and then the headache. Well put. Sheen gives us a great insight there, which applies to more than just those people who get hung over after Christmas parties. The insight he gives us in that saying is that the quality of our preparation directly influences the quality of our celebration. Thus, when there's little or no preparation at all, the celebration of whatever it is ultimately leaves us empty. And that's the way it is for many people at this time of year, is it not? I mean, let's face it, our world is into Christmas feasting already. 
In fact, nowadays, our secular world is into full Christmas mode from Halloween until December 25th. It used to be from Thanksgiving to December 25th. Now it's from Halloween. Pretty soon it's going to be 4th of July. We laugh, I know, but who knows? And many Christians get swept away in the whole frenzy of it all. Go, 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 shop, 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 party, party, party for almost two months. And then on December 25th, as I said earlier, it's all over. Finito, as the Italians would put it. And those who make the mistake of getting swept away, caught up in the hoopla of it all, are no different, they're no better, they're no closer to God than they were on October the 30th. What they are is exhausted, totally exhausted, and they need at least a couple of weeks to recover from it all. See, that's a perfect example of what Bishop Sheen meant when he said, the feast and then the headache. The sad reality is that because these men and women completely bypassed their preparation during the season of Advent, their celebration of Christmas is ultimately unfulfilling. Now this is where my Advent equation, which I mentioned at the beginning of my homily, comes into the picture and becomes very important. And I'll explain it to you very briefly. As I see it, three things are necessary to properly prepare for a truly fulfilling and meaningful celebration of Christmas. The first thing that we need is contemplation. If we want the coming of Christ to mean something to us, we need to spend some time contemplating it, pondering what it actually meant for God to become man in Christ Jesus, in that event we call the Incarnation. What did that mean? What did that mean for the world? What does that mean right now for me, in my life, in 2012, in Westerly, Rhode Island, or Pawkatuck, Connecticut? One great way to contemplate all of that during this season is to come to daily Mass during Advent. I know a lot of people do that during Lent, but why not Advent as well? Since most of the readings during these four weeks are built around this theme of the Lord's coming. In our Old Testament readings, we hear many of the texts, especially from Isaiah, which prophesied the coming of the Messiah. And then in our Gospel readings, we hear about the events surrounding our Lord's birth. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Father Ray, that's very nice, but I work early in the morning. I'm not able to get to daily Mass. Well, that's okay. You can still access those daily Mass readings. You can do it online. The United States Catholic Bishop's website. Daily Mass readings are there for every day of the year. Or you can get a publication like the Magnificat or the Living with Christ, which we offer at our little magazine rack in the vestibule of the church. So you can do the readings each day at home in your personal prayer time. And of course, everybody here has a regular personal daily prayer time. Correct? <laughs> Hope so. If not, today's the day to start. Notice what St. Paul says in today's second reading from Philippians 1. He says, this is my prayer, that your love may increase more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception, perception about Christmas and everything else, 
to discern what is of value so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, so that you'll be ready to meet the Lord, in other words. Of course, none of that's going to happen without contemplation, which obviously is just another word for prayer. I use contemplation because it rhymes with the other words in my equation. There's always a method to my madness. Next in this regard comes reconciliation. Proper Advent preparation requires contemplation, yes, but that's not sufficient. Reconciliation is also necessary. Reconciliation with God and reconciliation with our brothers and sisters. This means, for example, that if we are holding on to a grudge or harboring unforgiveness toward another person in our life, if we're doing something like that, we should not expect to experience a great deal of joy at Christmas or at any other time of the year for that matter. Unforgiveness is like cancer to the soul. We need to deal with it, repent of it. As I said earlier, our Advent preparation, or lack thereof, directly influences the quality of our Christmas celebration. And that preparation must include reconciliation if we want our celebration to be all that it can be. This is why John the Baptist is the main character in our Gospel reading on the second Sunday of Advent. Every year he's that, whether we're in cycle A, B, or C of the readings. John always makes his appearance on this Sunday. John came for preparation. In fact, you could say that was the theme word of his entire ministry. He came to prepare people to meet Jesus, their Messiah, historically. And his message of preparation was pretty simple and straightforward. Repent. Repent. Be reconciled with God and with your neighbor. On that note, did I mention that Father Judice and I will both be hearing confessions next week? 3.30 to 4.30 and the Saturday after. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Besides, John the Baptist would want me to remind you of that for obvious reasons. Which brings me to the final element of proper Advent preparation, which is donation. Now, we live in a very materialistic world, a very hedonistic culture. And that world, that culture teaches us, and it especially teaches our young people in various and sundry ways, teaches us that Christmas is all about three people. Me, myself, and I. Christmas, in other words, is all about getting more stuff and satisfying our own desires and wants. That, of course, is 180 degrees out of phase as far as reality goes. That's the exact opposite of the true message of Christmas, which is giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. We, my brothers and sisters, are supposed to give for a reason. We are supposed to give our gifts, our donations of time and talent and treasure to our brothers and sisters here on earth during this season and throughout the year in imitation of God himself. That's what it's about. Our loving and awesome God who gave us his greatest gift of all. 
in and through his divine son, Jesus Christ, who was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary on the very first Christmas day. It's always inspiring, it's always uplifting to me, and it probably is to you as well, to see people responding to their brothers and sisters in need. So many of you have done that again this year with our Giving Tree Project. In fact, Linda Sirio, who's in charge of it, came up to me. She was ecstatic last night. She was so happy that all the ornaments had been taken this year because there were so many, probably more than ever in the past. To all of you who have participated and are participating, may God bless you for your generosity. And may you personally experience the truth of the words of Jesus recorded in the book of Acts. There is more joy in giving than in receiving. So there you have it, my little Advent equation. You want to put it in the form of a mathematical equation. Preparation equals contemplation plus reconciliation, plus donation. Pre preparation for celebrating the feast of our Lord's birth with true Christmas joy comes through contemplating the meaning of his birth, being reconciled to God and other people, and giving of ourselves and of our blessings and resources to help those in need. My prayer this morning is that we will all live this equation fully during these four weeks of Advent and find true and lasting joy this coming Christmas.